Hello, good afternoon, Michael Wynn, Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, a division of RB Oppenheim Associates. Thanks for joining in today on the Digital Marketing Podcast and video series. We talk about digital marketing strategies and tactics to help grow your business. Today, I want to talk about why your brand and business growth has plateaued and how to escape the trap of the status quo. You know, it's interesting this week, I had the great privilege and opportunity to uh, speak to a graphic design class at uh, the local university uh, here in Tallahassee, Florida. And the graphic design students that I spoke with at FAMU University were absolutely just the most welcoming group of students um, for me to share. And I think one of the things that they found very interesting about what I shared um, with them was I wanted to give them an idea of what's happening as it relates to, you know, having been part of a public relations, digital marketing and advertising agency over the last three decades. There's been a real shift. I mean, if you think about it, you know, what what happened for companies that made the transition from the radio to television? There were a group of companies that weren't able to make that shift. They were not able to understand that the programming and the content that was on the radio didn't translate to the television. And so they didn't invest in the technology, the creativity, um, you know, all of the different elements that you needed to make the shift from the television or from the radio to the television. And so for the last four or five decades, companies have lived in the television world. And what I mean by that is this idea, and we and I spoke about this before on, on the show, is that in this sort of vacuum of the television messaging world, we rely upon a single piece of creative in order to communicate our value proposition or our message. And we want it to reach the widest audience possible. And in order to do so, we've got to really incorporate um, and, and really boil down in, in the essence of what our product is or what our service is into what becomes really a vanilla message or what becomes a really vanilla um, product or creative because we're trying to appeal to everyone who's going to see this single piece of creative. And that is where the shift has happened. So now probably over the last, really the last decade, but absolutely the last five or six years, you know, we have emerged and, and are coming out of another great transition from the TV world to the internet world, right? And the, and the significance of that shift from TV to the internet is just as dramatic as it was shifting from the radio to the television. And so what's happened is many brands have not made that shift. Um, you know, they... You know, they they sank all of their dollars into this single creative idea, um, you know, and displayed it in billboards and commercials, um, you know, and 
uh, newspaper print articles and magazine covers and all of the different um, creative outlets that have a single piece of creative. And the problem with that is that in the internet world, we now have the ability to consume content based on our own personal preference. Meaning my, um, you know, my Spotify channel looks nothing like or sounds nothing like yours. Your Netflix channel looks like the, the recommendations for you are completely different than the recommendations for me. And that's because we, as a, as a society, have begun to consume content and make purchase decisions based on our own personal preferences. And so as I'm sharing this with the students in the class, they're looking at me quite, quite puzzled. And I said, now keep in mind the fundamentals that you're learning in class here um, you know, are, are really going to still serve you very well because how you apply light and how you understand um, you know, primary and secondary colors and how colors impact emotion and how you know, composition um, you know, of, of, of your creative is so very important. And those things are always tried and true. But the thing that I shared with them was that, you know, now you don't have to rely upon this single piece of creative. What's so exciting now is that many companies are beginning to embrace the idea of, of creative at scale or content at scale, meaning we now have the ability to really shape our creative specific for the individual. So if, if, if I understand that, that my product, um, you know, the, that men age 24 to 38, uh, who have, you know, maybe an Asian influence or maybe have, a, an, um, an American Indian influence in their historical heritage. Um, and, and there's some type of, of connectivity with the product and their heritage. I can create a piece of creative that's designed specifically just for them in a contextual uh, composition that seems very natural. Instead of trying to water down my product or service into a message that, yes, maybe, uh, you know, a young Asian woman or an elderly African-American man, you know, could find some connectivity. So now with the ability to create multiple, you know, dozens of pieces of creative, not just on demographics, but on geographics, psychographics, all of the different motivating factors behind when a decision is made. So what's happening is, is creatives are getting to really flex their creative muscle and create multiple versions of their creative and that creative is, is, is not just getting in, thrown into the trash can like it was before, because, you know, uh, as I talked to him in the class, I said, you know, we're really disrupting the hippo syndrome. And I did a whole series on that once before on the hippo syndrome. And that that really boils down to in the past, again, in this sort of TV, one size fits all piece of creative, the hippo syndrome is the highest paid person's opinion and they're usually the one who decides what's good creative and what's bad creative. The fact of the matter is that is no longer the case. I'll tell you who really determines what good creative and bad creative is right now, and that's you. The market, 
the collective group of people who are looking at and consuming your content, they are the ones that are going to get, that are going to determine what is good or bad creative. So some brands need to literally get out of the way of themselves so that they can move forward. And I think that's probably one of the largest reasons why the status quo is such a, a wicked, seductive, and blinding um, condition that, that literally paralyzes brands and stifles and plateaus business growth because they think this is the way we've always done it and this is the success that got us where we are. And they're completely oblivious to how their brand and how their industry is being viewed by the mass market and how their inability to communicate on a personal level is actually beginning to sort of reveal and, and uncover the fact that they are no longer relevant in the marketplace, which is literally causing large Fortune 500 brands to close their doors shut down uh, closed stores across the United States, uh, file for bankruptcy, and no longer be uh, in business. And, and so as I spoke and, I, and as I shared with these students, I could see their eyes, you know, and they were like, man, like, this is crazy. I can't believe, like, that's what's happening. So the other thing that I thought was very interesting that I started to, you know, sort of explain to them as as we're deploying all of this creative at scale and it's all being individually mapped to the individual consumer um, behavior as it's, you know, sort of mapped out through the various advertising platforms. What's interesting is there's a, there's a massive amount of data that is being generated by all of the likes and shares and comments uh, of, of all this, you know, this mass amount of, whether it's dozens or literally 100, 150 pieces of creative running out with time, all of the different data that comes behind it. Now what we have is we've got this blend of science and, and art that are coming together. And so, you know, again, these two sort of, you know, constructs and concepts of science and the numbers have, have, have always kind of operated separately from the art, from the creative. But now you've got math and, and art, math and creative, science and, and art being blended together to really start to shape what a successful digital marketing campaign look like, looks like. So as I shared with them, you know, so what could they do in their, you know, career? You know, this was a, a class that had um, sophomore and juniors who were in this graphic design course. And I shared with them, I was like, you need to produce and publish everything, everything that you're designing and everything that you're doing in your class. You need to put it up. You need to get it on LinkedIn. You need to create a video of how you're doing it and put it on YouTube. And I said, but here's the thing. When you're putting it out there, make sure that you put the thought and the strategy behind why you chose the element that you chose. Talk about the composition and, and the intelligence behind why you did what you did. Um, because oftentimes, um, understanding the reasoning and, you know, it's, it's, it's I, I explained it this way. If you've ever, you know, really fallen in love with a piece of music, a piece of creative, and then you hear the story from the artist behind why they wrote it and what the inspiration was, sometimes it gives so much more meaning to that song 
um, you know, for you to be able to share and be able to see it through the eyes of the artist. And so um, I said, especially in LinkedIn, when you're sharing, you know, the creative work that you've done, you know, don't just say, here's what I'm working on on my last project. Um, and so I think businesses can translate that, um, you know, when, when we talk about LinkedIn, it is absolutely just mind boggling what is happening, the traction, the organic traction that's happening uh, and attention that's being uh, consumed on LinkedIn as a platform right now, because it's really like what Facebook was in 2010, 2011, where we were reading everything and consuming everything and commenting and liking and sharing and really going to, you know, these, um, you know, to this platform to, you know, experience and, and shape our understanding of the world and the world around us. And so, you know, I, I think a lot of times businesses feel like they feel like they need to be, you know, um, thought leaders. Uh, and I think to, to uh, phrase Gary Vaynerchuk's uh, coin that he recently said, um, maybe we need to be thought contributors, right? And, and meaning contribute to, um, you know, the progress of your industry through what your brand is doing. You know, talk about some of the exciting things that you're doing and why you're doing them and stop going into selling mode all the time. Um, so, you know, I think the students really understood and I began to share with them the idea that, hey, listen, you may need to go get a job and, you know, work, uh, you know, in an office or, you know, in somewhere. And I share with them my own personal story, how, you know, when I when I finished after my first year in college and realized, man, this is not my path. And I got into retail and, you know, inside of that environment, I started doing design work inside of the you know, the retail where I started doing the window design and the wall design and, and, and so on. And so, you know, I shared with them, you may have that, but, but the thing that they have now that I didn't have back when I was in school, was they have the internet and they have an outlet that allows them to really um, express their creative outlet and become a contributor to the gig economy. And when I said, are you all familiar with the gig economy? Many of them looked at me like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I was like, okay, it comes back from the 1920s. Jazz musicians, you know, had their day job. But at night they would go to the clubs and they would get an extra gig playing their instruments in bars and restaurants and lounge and thus became the gig economy. Nowadays we hear the word gig and we think gigabyte. And when we say gig economy, you think it's something about storage space or something. But no, it's not. that's not what it's about. It's again going back to this idea that's literally 100 years old where you're leveraging your own talents and abilities to earn extra money so that you can pay for, you know, whatever, you know, pay your debt down, you know, send your kids to college, um, you know, whatever that is. Um, and, and what's happening more and more is these, you know, people who go into the gig economy end up making more money through the gig economy than they do their regular job and they quit their regular job and become their own boss. Right. So, I mean, I wanted to paint that story for them because it's so important, especially for creatives um, to understand that, you know, they have a talent and ability that is absolutely one of the most valuable things that any brand can have today. So, if your company is, you, you do not have a graphic or creative person on your team, you have an incredible, gigantic 
weakness. You have a huge blind spot um, because your brand visual is suffering. Um, you don't have the ability to really publish at scale across all of the different platforms that you need to have, whether it's LinkedIn or YouTube or Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat, you know, really the, you know, the top seven, seven or eight platforms, uh, you know, email marketing, you've got to be able to have the ability to publish and storytell through visuals on an individual contextual basis. That is how to escape the status quo trap that many businesses have been in for the last couple of decades, and they are nowhere near being able to crawl out of that until they really understand what's happened, how the shift from the radio to the TV and the TV to the internet and where you need to be today in your business when it comes to your brand and content at scale, personalized and localized in order to, in, in order to really, at the end of the day, it's an attention game. It's leveraging attention for brand awareness to help people add value and understand your product and service, how it can benefit them, right? And then how to bring value to them so that they can in return be your client for life. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Michael Wynn. I'm the Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, a division of RB Oppenheim Associates. I hope you'll join me tomorrow. Have a great day.